Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach Bye. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach Bye. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach Bai. And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me right here on the podcast. Reacting to a dominant, one-sided um, landslide of a decision on Monday evening at Ball Arena. It was the Denver Nuggets trouncing the Dallas Mavericks 130-104. to uh, Going to get into that game in just a second. A couple things real quick. If you're watching this on YouTube or on Twitter, you see we're in we're new, our, our new studio space. This is um, incomplete. Although we're here, it's going to be an ever-evolving thing behind me. But we are back into our um, our revamped digital studio, and I'm really excited about uh, the next couple months and what it's going to look like from a visual standpoint on our social media channels. Uh, and if you're listening just on the audio version on Spotify, denversports.com, shout out. Appreciate you being here uh, as always. Um, before we get into the Mavericks Nuggets game, I just want to real briefly address um, the Denver Nuggets loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Not going to spend too much time on it because um, at the time it's Tuesday, and that was three uh, days ago on Saturday, and we have more um, recent uh, uh, a more recent game to react to, which we're going to spend uh, the the larger um, portion of, of today's podcast on. But I didn't want to just gloss over it because. I think that a lesson uh, seriously needed to get learned on Saturday evening uh, in that loss to Oklahoma City. There is no way, no way that Denver should have lost that game. And, you know, a phrase that I would say younger as a player uh, myself, whether high school or college or afterward, just playing in a gym with a group of guys uh, or men's league or whatever, it it holds true in, in, in every level is I would say don't get happy. Don't get happy. Let's not get happy before the game's over. And um, there was a there was a quote from Jeff Green during the playoff run from a year ago. He said it a different way that I had never heard. Um, he said, uh, "Don't play with the game. Don't play with the game. Uh, don't play with your food." There's a million different ways to say it. No matter which way you slice it or or phrase it, the Denver Nuggets fell into that trap. They had an absolute. Um, stranglehold on that basketball game at home, uh, a place where they were 10 and one uh, prior to that uh, 118, 117 loss, where Shea Gildress Alexander hits a shot over Peyton Watson at the buzzer. Fantastic shot from a great player. Uh, you take your cap off to him, but it should have never, ever, 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 ever came down to that. All right. And Denver got sloppy with the basketball, they got caught up, and they were playing with their food. And there has got to be a legitimate lesson learned from that. And, 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 and not that this group, what, what, what's disappointing about it is this group is tenured enough, has veteran leaders, is calloused enough, had been through that a million times, that that's not a lesson that should have to be learned. Um, but once in a while, you uh, touch the stove and you get burned. And you, you get a reminder of um, you know, a real-world, real-life reminder of, hey, like, you know not to text and drive, right? That's something that you know. That's something that we all know. Um, but we might get caught up in responding to something or maybe you're just in a good mood and you and you want to respond. It's not even urgent. Next thing you know, you're um, running into the back of someone at a red light. You don't need to get taught that lesson to um, not text and drive. But um, sometimes it, it's, it, it will happen. 
and uh, it was unfortunate. Um, they, they left the door open for o- o- Oklahoma City. Um, I thought the game was absolutely over, and it wasn't. So they, my only hope is that you're not coming down the stretch of this season, and that night will be largely forgettable unless you're um, one game removed from whether it's hosting a home court of a first-round series. Maybe it comes into play in the second round, and it's that close in the Western Conference standings. To think that it couldn't come back and haunt you um, is probably a little bit naive. You just hope that it doesn't. Um, okay, moving on from that game. And by the way, I'm just a huge uh, SGA fan. I, I love watching that kid play. And uh, they really bottled him up, and he really struggled in their first uh, game earlier in the season. I think he scored seven of uh, seven points. It's a season low. And I, I hope I'm not misquoting that. may have been nine, but I think it was seven. Um, and boy, uh, he made up for it when the game was on the line. And then the other kid who I love is just Chet, Chet Holmgren, who's going to win Rookie of the Year. Um, eight blocks to go with 17 points and 11 rebounds, like nearly flirting with a triple-double with blocks. That's Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaq-type stuff. Um, he is just a fantastic, fantastic young player who kind of got that redshirt season um, in that initial year coming out of Gonzaga, former second overall pick. Uh, but he's just a, he's just a boy. I mean, he's 21 years old, so let's keep our eye on him. I am such a fan. Uh, and how hard he plays, and he's got a toughness about him as well. Um, anyway, moving on to the more pleasant experience, which was Monday night at Ball Arena, where Denver picked up their 11th home win. They're now 11-2 and two, uh, at Ball. This was a game that was just, you know, often through the years on this podcast, I call it comfort food, where it's just it just feels good. It's a feel-good win. It makes you feel good about the team. Makes you feel good about the structure of it. Makes you feel good about uh, 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 the developmental uh, uh, portion of this season that's happening um, on the bench. And again, you know, I'm repeating myself from past episodes, but there really is two huge themes to this season. Number one A is just the health of the group. And I know that's not a sexy thing to talk about week in and week out in the trenches of an NBA season that's really long. But make no mistake, it is unequivocally the the most important thing for Denver uh, after having gone to the summit of the mountain that they've never been able to climb to the top of. Um, They're not going to be able to get back to that summit unless they're healthy. That's the number one uh, um, uh, objective or theme of this regular season. Now, you're going to have to be competent. We talked about this. But the other thing is, you know, they're, they're trying to occupy these two different lanes at one time. And if uh, and, and my buddy Cecil here at the fan quotes this movie, um, the movie Sweet Home Alabama. You guys seen that? Sweet Home Alabama, really cute movie. Uh, I think it's with uh, Reese Witherspoon. It's on TV quite a bit. And there's, there's a quote in the movie where he says, you can't ride two horses with, with one ass, sugar plum. And that's kind of what the Nuggets are trying to do right now. They're trying to ride two different horses uh, with one rear end. Uh, the one horse that they're trying to ride is defending a NBA title for the first time in franchise history. And then the other horse that they're riding uh, simultaneously is trying to develop uh, young players during the regular season when the games count, uh, whether they're first-year players, second-year players, in some case, fourth-year player. Um, and they're still continuously trying to develop them while defending a title. And the idea is, man, if, if you could get maybe two uh, of these guys to be bona fide playoff guys, which I don't know the answer on that other than maybe Christian Brown right now, um, uh, who, has, who has shown, uh, you know, demonstrated ability. That's where confidence comes from, demonstrated ability. Um other than Christian Brown, there are uh, still question marks for me. But, um, man, 
you know, what a great really week and a half uh, for that second unit. Those guys coming off the bench, it's such a big deal right now. Um, and it doesn't get better than Monday night uh, with the bench unit. It just simply doesn't get better. I mean, you had it. I'm going to add it up here on the fly. I think I know it's either 60 or 62 points. I just want to make sure. But you got 14 points from Zeke Naji. You got 10 points from Peyton Watson. You got 20 points from Reggie Jackson. We'll go back to him. You got six points from Christian Brown. And you had 12 points from Julian Strother. That is 62 points coming off your bench. That is insane. Um, it may not get that good for the rest of the year. Uh, quite frankly, I mean, that is just so impressive. It's a, it's a season high uh, f- um, in terms of total points from that group. But you're seeing this unit. Um, I don't want to get carried away and say turn a corner, but they are developing in real time. And you look at the, uh, 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 the bench production since the Rockets uh, loss at home from about two weeks ago or whenever it was, uh, 46 points off the bench against Atlanta, 50 points coming off the bench bench against the Chicago Bulls, 58 points coming off the pine against the Brooklyn Nets, 36 points against the Oklahoma City Thunder coming off the bench, and then finally the culmination of 62 points coming off the bench. Guys are, you know, um, now that Jamal's back, and you can't have this conversation really without talking about uh, the health of the group because guys are now settled back into their roles. We had the inverse of this conversation for a whole year when Jamal was out a year and a half that everyone was playing up a, 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 up a level of what they were asked to do. And um, asking someone to do that, like it's, it's okay to ask someone to do that on any given night or any two-week stretch, but for too long of a period, like the, the, the real version of yourself is going to get revealed, okay? And then when, and then when Jamal was out, you were one injury away which eventually did happen because it's sports, uh, from guys playing two positions up. And if you remember the personnel at the time, it was like you're asking like Austin Rivers and Faku Composo to do stuff that's just not um, a, a reasonable ask, right? So the health of the group is so vital to the second unit, and now you're seeing um, that second unit just be the best version of themselves. And, and, and it's impossible to talk about that second unit without Reggie Jackson. And I know we've spent time on Reggie for three, four episodes in a row now, but Reggie Jackson has been an absolute revelation. All right, I'm not going to go on and on because we've spent already episodes uh, in a row doing that. Um, But this guy, once again, elevated that group, was the leading scorer off the bench, scored more points in a reserve role in less than 20 minutes than three of the five starters. Okay, the guy just continues to be fantastic. Aaron Gordon suggested after the game that Reggie Jackson could be a six man of the year uh, nominee. I hope that we're still having that conversation three weeks from now, two months from now. That would be just so fantastic because whatever level of credit I want to give Reggie and have given him um, here uh, and just to reset historically was not a Reggie Jackson guy. Uh, But I just continue to be impressed by his approach, by his uh, commitment to uh, this the the culture of this group, um, and he keeps answering the bell, man. I mean, the guy is just. I mean, he was plus fourteen in nineteen minutes, plus fourteen in nineteen minutes, guys. He's averaging you know uh, thirteen fourteen points a game on you know near fifty fifty percent shooting, which is just fantastic. In the month of December, he's making um, you know forty three percent of his three pointers, 
and you look at the game, obviously, against Dallas, the 20 points, but, you know, uh, uh, 12 points off the bench against Brooklyn, 25 points against the Bulls, uh, 20 points against the Kings earlier this month, month 20, 20 points against uh, Phoenix on the road uh, in that win or in, in early December. So I just, again, I just want to um, give him his props, okay, because he certainly deserves it. Um, other guys, real quick. Um, pardon me, uh, taking a drink here. Uh, uh, Zeke Naji, I thought it was his best game of the year. Aggressive. Like we had this conversation about Aaron Gordon about a week ago. Just keeping the main thing the main thing. Getting back to b- basics. Playing with uh, uh, max effort. Playing with force. Playing, uh, you know, being intentional uh, about your physicality. And that's what I saw Zeke Naji do on Monday night. Just, you know, flying around. 10 out of 10 effort, max effort, ripping down offensive rebounds, you know, going back up and dunking them, you know, finishing uh, uh, around the basket with authority. I just love to see it. Um, And so his 14 points, four rebounds, two assists, uh, a steal, a block. I mean, just, you know, put your hands together for Zeke Nazi. Absolutely fantastic. Peyton Watson, you know, um, scoring in double figures, coming off the bench. You know, a, a lot of these times guarding the other team's best player. Uh, in his minutes, and you're seeing him make shots, really, in consecutive order for really the first time that we've ever seen uh, from Peyton Watson, who's now made two threes uh, in three straight games. That's really hard to do. Does it mean he's going to make two more in the next one? Does it mean we're going to see him make uh, two threes in a game at any point in the next two weeks? Maybe not. But when when you're young Peyton Watson and you're 21 years old, you're just trying to build a library of positive NBA moments, and he is doing just that here, uh, and we're watching it in real time. And the fact that he's stringing some of these games together is just fantastic. And then Julian Strother, you know, continues to be a confident version of himself, 5 of 10 from the floor, made multiple threes. Like, Denver made 14 threes, um, two of them from Strother, one of them from Reggie Jackson, two of them from Peyton Watson. So, Artie, you're talking about – uh, two, three, four, five threes made off the bench, but then Aaron Gordon made two. Talking about a confident shooter, Aaron Gordon once again is regaining that confidence, not thinking. There's no hitch, the fluid motion. I love to see it, uh, and he's really, you talk about turning a corner, really slow start to the year for, for Aaron Gordon, and he is truly rounding in the shape. 21 points, five rebounds, five assists without a turnover on Monday night, and Jamal Murray continues to uh, shoot the ball effectively, um, 22 points. He was a plus 18 when he was on the floor. All right. So, uh, and then made, he didn't miss a three, took four of them, went four for four from three. It's hard to do. So, uh, uh, and again, at, at 25 minutes, so 22 points in 25 minutes. Fantastic. Love to see it. Get some extra rest, uh, uh, get him off his feet a little bit. All those starters, not one starter played 30 minutes. You, you are afforded that when you're uh, dominating your opponent, uh, and that's exactly what they did against Dallas on, on Monday night. Um, and then Jokic, you know, very rarely in a game that he doesn't get kicked out of, uh, will you see Jokic have a triple single? Eight points, nine rebounds, uh, and seven assists in 28 minutes, but this is what you get with Jokic. And if you just look at the stat sheet, and you're, you know, analyzing his play from Bristol or L.A. and just look at the stat sheet and say, this doesn't look. you got to watch games. Dallas, for years now, has launched double teams at Jokic. And Jokic, as um, Michael Malone has said through the years, he doesn't fight the game, right? He doesn't fight the game. And he said that once again on Monday night. Like, what's the best play here? Kick it out. Get your guys going downhill on the perimeter. 
And when I'm talking about downhill, like I'm not talking about you know attacking the basket, although they did that well, you know, finishing at the rim. Um, but just downhill situations where the ball's kicked into me, I got two defenders on me, that thing is flying out of there, and my guys get to play four on three on the wing, uh, and you're one pass away, you're one hockey assist away from getting your back broken on any given possession. Um, and that's what you get with Jokic, right? I mean, I, you know, I don't know if anybody else in the league is as receptive to um, the groove path that the game will give them. And, uh, and that groove path on, on, uh, on Monday night was the double teams. He doesn't need to score. That's why it was the silliest assertion of all time that uh, Jokic was a stat hatter. He genuinely doesn't care. And there was a, that's a great example on Monday night because he could have got 50. There is no one on Dallas that could guard Jokic, even, the, even two of them at any given time. They just don't have the personnel to do it. But he's not willing to even wade into those waters. Um, just team first, and that's what makes the Nuggets the Nuggets. That's why he's the head of the snake. That's why they're world champions, and that's why I believe that they're going to go do it again if they have the uh, healthy, um, uh, the, the the health check mark there uh, as a team. All right, um, we're going to leave it there for now, guys. I appreciate you being here with me. Uh, Denver will next play on Wednesday evening. That game will be uh, in Toronto, a little three-game uh, a road trip here, Toronto, Brooklyn, Charlotte, uh, on the heels of a three-game homestand when they went two and one, should have gone three and zero. Oh. They should have won. They should be going into this road trip on a five-game win streak. But that's what that loss against Oklahoma City did. And then we'll see what kind of hay they can make on the road. They'll play Wednesday in Toronto, Friday in Brooklyn, Saturday in Charlotte, and then they'll get Sunday off and come back and play on Monday afternoon on Christmas Day against the Golden State Warriors on national TV. What a fun Christmas Day game in the primetime slot, not tucked away at 10.30 Eastern, 8.30, 8.45 here uh, Mountain Time. Uh, I love it, and I hope um, that the, the full complement is on display. I trust that the, it, it will be. Um, but that's a little bit down the road here. Um, we'll come back on Thursday and react to the game in Toronto on Thursday's episode. Okay. Um, I hope you guys are doing great. Happy holidays. Um, Nuggets uh, with a feel good win on Monday night. And then whatever happens in Toronto on Wednesday, you already know we're going to be back here talking about it right here on the mile high hoops podcast.